From MPB Think Radio, this is Deep South Dining. It's the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. Farm-raised catfish is the largest aquaculture industry in the U.S., and Mississippi is always number one in catfish production. So since yesterday was National Catfish Day, it's only right that today's show is dedicated to catfish and its uniquely Southern flavor. Two guests with us today will visit with Dixie Grimes of BTC Old Fashioned Grocery in Water Valley, who has some delicious recipes to share, and Chris McGlawn, who along with his wife, was named the top catfish farmers in the state. We're looking for your comments and experiences this morning when you give us a call. The number is 1-877-MPB-RING. Our phone number is 1-877-672-7464. Or send an email, food at mpbonline.org. This is Deep South Dining from MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Deep South Dawning on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. <laughs> Farm red catfish is the largest aquaculture industry in the U.S., and Mississippi is always number one in catfish production. So since yesterday was National Catfish Day, it's only right that today's show be dedicated to catfish and its uniquely southern flavor. We'll have two guests today. We'll talk with Dixie Grimes of the BTC Old Fashioned Grocery in Water Valley, who has some delicious recipes to share. We'll also visit with Chris McGlawn, who along with his wife were the name the top catfish farmers in the state for this year. We're looking for your comments and questions. I bet you everybody out there loves a good catfish dish, so give us a call. Let us know how you like to prepare it. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 7464 or email the show food at mpbonline.org. And a reminder, if you ever miss a Deep South Dining, you can always hear the podcast. Just go to mpbonline.org slash deepsouthdining. That's where we keep an archive of all of the past programs. <laughs> So good morning, Deborah. So we start off, just wanted to share uh, Java, our producer, uh, found a press release about uh, Catfish Day uh, that was, again, as we mentioned, was yesterday. Mississippi ranks number one in the U.S. for farm-raised catfish production, producing more than 55% of the nation's farm-raised catfish, more than half. In 2016, Mississippi had 150 catfish operations, covering 35,000 water acres and producing $169 million for the state. So it's uh, definitely a big part of uh, the agriculture industry, aquaculture specifically here in Mississippi, and, and they're mighty tasty. Kevin, listen, there is not another catfish in the entire world that tastes like Mississippi farmed raised catfish. It is the most, it, the taste is so delicate that you recognize it even if you were blindfolded. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just amazing. And uh, it's interesting, uh, years ago, uh, one of the first, uh, when I was a reporter uh, back way back in the day when I first started working here, uh, one of the first series I did was on the catfish industry. So I was able to go to a catfish farm and a catfish processor and also visited a, a retail, a catfish restaurant. It was very interesting, but it's it's quite labor intensive, uh, but it was really a good way for the Delta to try to transition from sort of some more uh, traditional forms of agriculture into aquaculture. And, you know, if you drive through some of those areas and just see those big catfish ponds, it, it really is uh, an amazing uh, industry the way it works. Absolutely, Kevin. I mean, it's going through the Delta is just beautiful by itself, all that beautiful flat land. The only thing about the Delta that I don't like, Kevin, is the mosquitoes after dark. <laughs> and everybody from Greenville and Leland and that Cleveland in that area, they know exactly what I'm talking about. But you're absolutely right. And for me growing up, you know, my grandparents had a little bit of pond in the backyard. And so it was being able to catch that one catfish that everybody, you know, it's that monster deal. <laughs> Oh, my God, what an amazing feeling. Uh, Catfish Day was established by President Ronald Reagan in 1987. So, again, we celebrated that yesterday, and we're talking about catfish today. And so we've got some open phone lines. Uh, we're going to talk to a couple of folks, but we'll have time for you to call in, too. Uh, share your favorite ways uh, to eat catfish. Maybe you've got some memories uh, of eating catfish with your friends and family. So give us a call. The phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven. 672-7464. You can always send an email to food at mpbonline.org. So, uh, Deborah, you brought in some extremely delicious catfish and a good side. So uh, tell us what you brought in today. 
Well, Kevin, I brought in today, of course, some Mississippi farm-raised catfish, and we had some uh, catfish nuggets um, that I battered up really good with a little bit of cornmeal and, you know, special blend of seasonings, your basic salt and pepper, tiny bit of cayenne because I like a little heat, some paprika for the color. We've got some garlic and some onion powder tossed in there and a few other things that I added in because I, I like the texture. You know, when you look at the fish, I didn't just want it to be all yellow. The cayenne kind of uh, helps to add a little bit of color to the, the fish itself, but I added in a few other things. And I, the greatest compliment you gave me this morning was you could eat it and you didn't need a sauce on it. And that's always a wonderful, uh, you know, compliment. And for our side today, Kevin, I prepared some brown sugar collard greens. And uh, the fact that I had two servings, I should, because uh, <laughs> I'm 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 slowly beginning to eat greens. But it, you know, as uh, grew up, that was not something that was normally fixed in our house. And and as as good as they are, I will say it's it does look like a pile of grass clippings when you first look at it. So <laughs> yeah, that was the first thing you said to me when I came in this morning. So what did you do? Cut the grass again? That is too funny. But I love uh, you know. There's nothing like delicious greens. And normally, what we do with collard greens is you know we cook them down for a long period of time, and they're you know really soft and tender, and everybody looks for that wonderful bite, and you serve it with some cornbread. But um, what I've done today with the brown sugar uh, collards is we literally took a little bit of butter, my cast iron skillet, and we wilted them down, Kevin. And in those greens, you've got some uh, fresh green tomatoes that's been cut up and some uh, onions. And you let that saute down really, really well until you've got a nice tender bite. And right at the very end, we just simply toss it up, you know, with a little bit of brown sugar. And it really gives it a nice, crisp, wonderful texture and bite. And I always love it when I know that I've done good. When I look in your face and your face lights up. So I saw you do that today and I was like, yes, I got him again. My Monday morning man. Okay. But I think uh, especially with the greens, you got it right between salt. I mean, because sometimes if they're not cooked enough, they're they're a little chewy and can be. But to me, they were just enough bite to give you a little texture in your mouth. But they so they weren't soggy, but they weren't kind of like raw either. So that's the that's the beautiful thing about being able to pan sear green. You do get a little bit of bite. It's not too mushy. Uh, and it really is a wonderful, wonderful texture, great way to have them. And you can serve them again with cornbread if you want to. I didn't make any cornbread today because this catfish is fried with a yellow cornmeal, which gives it a really wonderful texture. And I just thought it was a great way to start a Monday morning off. What a breakfast to have, right? <laughs> <laughs> but again, the um, you know, I think we, we've talked about this on the show before, but to, to me, when you cook, when you bring food in, it's really a celebration of, of the taste, obviously, of the visual. Uh, but also the uh, the textures. So to me, the fact that the cornmeal there gives you, again, something to feel in your mouth as you're chewing on it. And the other thing that to me was really good is, I, you know, I like nice crispy catfish, but this was this was not. So it was nice and, and tender, uh, very moist. So, I mean, I, it was really, really good. Thank you so much. One of the, one of the things uh, to balance out, and of course, everybody that fries catfish knows this, that you want to balance it out, is to add a little bit of flour to your cornmeal. Uh, some recipes will say use half and half. I never do that. If I'm using a cup of uh, yellow cornmeal, I may use one to two tablespoons of flour in there just to give it a nice texture, Kevin. But you're right. It fried up really well. It wasn't overly cooked. Perfect. You get this nice flaky fish in the middle, and that's really what you're looking for when you're cooking a catfish. You don't you don't want that fish to still be stiff. You want to see those beautiful uh, flaky pieces of fish unfolding almost like a flower. It's just beautiful to look at, but excellent to taste. Also, I want to remind everybody, if you are looking for catfish in a grocery store, make sure it does have the Mississippi Farm Braised label on it. That's the unique stuff. That's the genuine stuff. Uh, there have been some uh, some uh, competitor, well, not competitors, trying, people trying to be like that. <clears throat> so make sure you get the the honest to goodness stuff, and you'll be you'll be happy you did. I think. Um, so what about uh, you know the greens went well, but what are, what would be some other things that you might want to serve with catfish? Well, you know, of course, traditionally, uh, Kevin, if you're going to have catfish, you can have almost any side that you want. Uh, you, traditional is normally served with a green salad. You know, it's picnic time, your family barbecues and family reunions, and you. 
a basic green salad with, you know, cucumbers and tomatoes. Or you can do something yummy. My mother makes the best potato salad in the world. Oh, my gosh, it's delicious. And so to be able to serve catfish with potato salad, you can serve it with your baked beans. I mean, and really, Kevin, one of the other things that I do with the fried catfish is I literally dip it in the barbecue sauce. So you have that really nice crispy crunch from the fish, and then you cover it in barbecue sauce. Works well with baked beans. I mean, you can serve catfish with whatever the heck you want to. I mean, it's just one of the those excellent kinds of foods, uh, staples that pair well with anything that you want to serve it with. And, of course, the traditional way to do it is to fry it, but that's the fun thing about catfish and the way that Mississippi has celebrated is a lot of our chefs here have taken that and have kind of raised it to a, a level and, and have been very creative with, with different ways to produce or to, per, uh, to prepare catfish. Absolutely. Um, last week, um, Java, you know, kind of mentioned the fact that I did a blackened catfish last week that was just absolutely uh, wonderful, but you can bake it, you can fry it, you can actually uh, add it into as a dish, boiling it actually. For instance, there if you want to do a potato, uh, Kevin, and smash it up really, really well. Just kind of simply boil that catfish for just a few minutes, just enough to you know cook it well. Add a little bit of salt and pepper in it. Fold it into those potatoes. Add your green onions, your peppers. It makes for a nice bite. I mean, there's nothing that you can't do with catfish. You can cook it in the oven. You can dig it outside pit and and do it that way. I mean, it's just it's wonderful. It's very versatile and it's very delicious. All right, uh, we've got some open phone lines. We need to take a quick break. When we get back, uh, we will talk with Dixie Grimes from BTC, the old country store in Water Valley. Uh, she talks about how she keep, keeps the Water Valley area fed, and hopefully she'll f- share a few catfish recipes as well. We're looking for you to join the conversation with your favorite way to produce or favorite place to eat catfish. Give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one 672 7464. You can also send an email to food at mpbonline.org. We'll be back with more after this. Informative MPB news stories, the local shows you love, up-to-date severe weather info, and the state and worldwide reach telling the story of Mississippi. You're listening to MPB Think Radio. You count on MPB News for in-depth coverage of issues that matter to you. The state's ongoing opioid epidemic. A bill to allow guns in churches. The child welfare crisis. And the best radio newscast in the state. Those are just a few of the stories behind 10 new Associated Press Awards and another Edward R. Murrow Award. For the award-winning coverage you've come to expect, count on us. We are MPB News. We are MPB News. We are MPB News. We are MPB News. You're listening to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or email food at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter. Uh, we're going to start uh, back with things. We've got a visitor on the phone, a very special guest. It's Dixie Grimes from Yay. the BTC Old Country Store, uh, the Dixie Bell Cafe cookbook, author, five-star chef, and just an all-around great uh, person. So, Dixie, thanks for joining us this morning. Good morning. Hey, Dixie. How are you, girl? <laughs> I am doing good. How are y'all? We're- Wonderful. We're, we've been uh, enjoying Deborah's uh, catfish nuggets this morning, so we are in an excellent mood. Oh, it sounds like it. There's no better way to start off a Monday morning than that. <laughs> Absolutely. I was so excited, Dixie, when I found out that we were going to get you back here uh, in the studio uh, via phone. And uh, I was telling Kevin uh, right before you came on what an amazing human being you are. And I'm just privileged just to know you. So. Happy to have you back. But I I sure do appreciate that, and I feel the same way about you, my friend. Thank you so much. So, Dixie, tell us about the BTC Old Country Store. How did it get started, and and what do you all do up there? 
Well, we it's BTC Old Fashioned Grocery and uh, the Dixie Bell Cafe, and we're here in Water Valley, Mississippi, which is a wonderful place to live. Uh, my business partner and I, Alexi, uh, started the business about seven years ago. It started as an old-fashioned grocery and kind of transitioned into the cafe. Um, and now it's both things, and it's summertime, so that means all our farmers are bringing in local produce, and we are having a whole lot of fun. It's a great time to be a Mississippian. Can you tell us some of the things, if I walked into your grocery store, what do I expect to find? Well, at this time of the year, quite a bit. We've got Halbons, beautiful love apple tomatoes. We've got fresh local corn. We have fresh local squash. Uh, the peas and the butter beans are just starting to come in. We have local honey. We have fresh bread. We have desserts. We have a little bit of everything. We have take-home casseroles. We have hoop cheese and rag bologna. Oh, wow. So you can pretty much find anything you need for an afternoon of fishing or dinner tonight. <laughs> well, now, Dixie, you know you have to be a real country girl to know what hoop cheese is. <laughs> that's, that's right. That is, that is a southern thing and really a Mississippi thing. <laughs> Absolutely. So, you know, we, we talk a lot about farmers markets and, and sort of the farm to table idea. Dixie, how important is it to work with uh, the, the local farmers in your area to get that fresh uh, produce and food in, in your place? I think it's extremely important. Uh, one, you know, we're keeping farming going, which is has been hard to do over the years. Uh, being a farmer is not an easy job. And really, I think it's become a labor of love. Also, it's today in today's society, we really all want to know and need to know where our food comes from. And having a personal relationship with these farmers, I can tell you that. I can point you in the direction of somebody's farm if you'd like to go out and see their operation or if you'd like to meet them and shake their hand and ask them what they do or don't you do if they use chemicals, if they don't, et cetera. Um, so I think it's extremely important. And it, being in a small community like Water Valley, the locals love walking in and seeing all this produce from people that a lot of them grew up with. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, we, we all try to eat more uh, healthy food, and, and, man, nothing better than, than fresh uh, produce. That's right. Absolutely. There, there's no comparison. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just so lucky with that. At this time of the year, I can literally walk out front when they're coming in, and I can grab a, a big bowl of Joe Newman's blueberries or Hal Bones tomatoes or some local squash and handpick what I'm going to use that day, and there's just no comparison. Not only is it no comparison, Dixie, literally the the ability to be able to smell fresh fruits and vegetables is intoxicating. When you walk in a grocery store now and there could be hundreds of items in there, you can't smell anything. And a lot of times that's because of the GMOs and because of the waxes that are you know covering these products. But to go to your farmer's market or to a local farm... And just to even walk out on the, the property itself is just an experience that everybody should have. That's right. Today, produce, um, you know, is farmed to look beautiful and not necessarily taste good. That's why you can get tomatoes year-round. But they're not good tomatoes, and they're not really tomatoes that we want to eat. When you're going to eat something, you should get the best uh, of what is available. And that means you should get it in season. So right now it's tomato season. Everybody should run out to their local market or their local farmer's market and and eat tomatoes. When the season is over with, switch to whatever is in season. There's always something in season, especially in the south. That's right. And then not only, Dixie, can you find them in season, but, you know, going back to some old-fashioned crafts like canning is so important because now I can have my tomatoes or my okra or my blueberries even when they're out of season because I've taken some time to just do some simple canning or even freezing some of these items for a period of time. That's right. And you know that they're going to be good. You know mm-hmm. that if you're using tomatoes that you can in the height of tomato season, that those are, are going to be pretty close to a fresh tomato. Um, I think that's absolutely the way to go. I'll be honest, I do not have the patience to can. <laughs> my business partner, Alexi, has just gotten done canning a huge round of tomatoes for that very reason. Right. Fantastic. So we talked a little bit about the, the grocery side. Uh, tell us now uh, some about the, the Dixie Bell Cafe. Well, the Dixie Bell Cafe is, is my cafe, and it has I have pretty much have a little bit of everything on the menu. I have some vegan items. I have some vegetarian items. I have a fried bologna sandwich, a hamburger, of course. Um, and I try to use as much, anything that's fresh that I can get it and not have to order. That's what, that's what I try to do, um, especially at this time of the year. It's all about freshness. 
Um, if you want an old-fashioned bologna sandwich that's fried, I can give it to you. But if you're looking for a healthier option, um, a really great salad with fresh blueberries, I can give you that, too. Well, can uh, I have the bologna sandwich and the salad, girl? Because you had me at fried bologna. <laughs> there is, Dixie, listen, there is nothing like getting that bologna with the little crisp around the edges. <laughs> listen, it, it's good. And I actually I have a lot of my customers, especially the older ones, they, they tell me that they want it as black as I can get it because that's how they grew up eating it. They're oh, absolutely. Making it in a cast iron skillet. That's the way to have it. Absolutely. Go big or go home. <laughs> You know, you were talking about the, you kind of get first dibs on, on the produce, so it must be fun to see when those farmers come in and, and to go through and to see all that fresh food and, and kind of plan out uh, what you're going to um, fix for the folks at the cafe. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love, you know, I do not, I have a set menu, but as far as the daily specials, which one of those is the plate lunch, which sometimes at this time of the year I just do four vegetables, um, it's all about, it's centered around what I can get that day. Um, and I love having that freedom. I love not being tied down to saying every Wednesday is fried chicken day. Mm-hmm. You know, every Wednesday or every Thursday I'm going to have black-eyed peas. I like to sw- switch it up. I like to keep people on their toes. And I like to just, you know, you don't you have to call in the mornings or get on our webpage to see what we're going to have that day. That's a wonderful way to, to to be able to serve your clients. It's kind of like feeding your family because sometimes you don't know what you're going to cook that day. And so it's like I get to come home to Dixie Bell Cafe and it feels like I'm at home with my family. Absolutely. And that's what I'm going for because this is a very small community. And quite frankly, these people are my family. So tell us about your cookbook. Uh, the cookbook is the BTC Old Fashioned Grocery Cookbook. Uh, that Alexi and I did that about four years ago, I think. Now it's it's been it's been a while. Um, it was very exciting to do. It's our love story to Mississippi. This is something that we decided to do, not so much for the business as it was to tell people how much we love Mississippi, and specifically how much we love Water Valley, Mississippi. Um, to kind of give it a shout out, and this was the way that we thought we could do it. So we told a great story, and we've got some killer recipes in there. So Dixie, tell us, how do you go from being a cook to a chef? How did that happen? Well, you know, I think that's really, I think that is a play on words, cook, chef. I think I do not have any formal training. I started uh, the old-fashioned way. Back in my day, nobody really went to culinary school. I started as the low man on the totem pole at a restaurant in Oxford called the Downtown Bar and Grill um, and worked my way up. And that's kind of the way it was, was done back in the day. Going to culinary school is something that's really evolved within the last 10 years. Well, I'm, but I, think, I don't think having the title chef, I mean, chef, cook, I think if you have a love and a passion and an understanding of cooking, then it doesn't really matter what you call yourself. People call me a chef, but I'm just as happy, quite frankly, being called a cook. I love hearing you say that because over the weekend uh, there was some commentary because, you know, of course, you know that I'm just a, a foodie. I'm a, a at-home cook. Um, and the, the conversation was, you know, you're not a chef. And, I, you know, and I, and I said, well, that's OK. I love what I do. And it's being able to be able to bring that love to the table. It doesn't for me, it doesn't matter if you call yourself a, a chef, if the food is not yummy your spirit's not yummy, your guests are not going to be happy. And so it's being able to bring that love, no matter what you call yourself, to the table. Absolutely. I I mean, I couldn't agree more than that. There's a place that I love to eat in Oxford called Mama Jo's Soul Cooking, and she does not have any formal training, and I would call her a chef long before I call myself one Hmm. Um, because this is something that is ingrained in her that she's been doing literally since she was seven years old. It's her passion. It's what she does. So I think it's not fair to label me a chef and her not. You know, we're all cooks. We're all doing it for for a living and to try to bring some happiness to people. And so to me, it's just a play on words. 
For, for me, Dixie, you know, the, the biggest part is, is that I get to have people and meet people that I would have never, ever get to have known before in my life simply by preparing a meal. The fact that food brought me into uh, a friendship with you is just incredible. And, you know, I remember the first time that I ever laid my eyes on you, we were actually at uh, the Mississippi State Capitol for the book fair That's and right. to be sitting on a panel. And I looked across, Kevin, and I've said this before, and I couldn't believe it. I'm sitting on stage with some of the most incredible talent in the state of Mississippi. And it was all because, you know, that I decided to to share the love of food with someone else. So what a wonderful way to build great relationships with people. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, Deborah, I keep up with you on Facebook. You're a fantastic cook. I am constantly stealing <laughs> so, you know, chef, cook, or just passionate about food, that's what we have going on. We're all, we're all equal in, on that playing ground, I think. We're visiting with Dixie Grimes of the BTC Old Fashioned Grocery and the Dixie Bell Cafe in Water Valley. Dixie, as we mentioned, the top of the show yesterday was National Catfish Day. Uh, so I know that you probably have some great catfish recipes. One that we have here on our script that caught my attention, honey pecan catfish. Tell us a little bit about that and maybe some of the other catfish things you've got. Dixie, ask him what he did with all his pecans from last <laughs> week, right? <laughs> And what did you do with all your pecans last week? Did you, uh, they, did you make this? They, well, no. <laughs> I didn't have any time to make them with anything because I ate them straight out of the bag. <laughs> right? It's hard to hold on to them. It is. Well, honey pecan catfish, this is actually a recipe that I developed, um, again, from my days at the Downtown Grill. It was on our menu for a long time. It was one of the most popular items. Let me just say, I love catfish. I'm so happy that we're talking about catfish today because Mississippi, hands down, has the best catfish in Say the world. Say it, girl. Yes, and, sir. <laughs> I mean, there's no comparison. You know, you have to get Mississippi far away. There are so many things that you can do with catfish. You can put it in gumbo. This is kind of a sweet, this is, you know, pecans, another Mississippi thing. I wanted to incorporate the two, and that's how this recipe came about. And it's super easy, and it's slightly healthier than frying catfish because you bake it in the oven. But that's what I love about catfish. You can bake it. You can fry it. You can stuff it. You can grill it. I mean, you can make, instead of a crab cake, you can make a catfish cake. Mm. Anything that calls for seafood, you can take that out, whether it's shrimp, crawfish, and put catfish in. And it'll be great. It's so easy. Hey, Dixie, we got to take a quick break here, but before we go, uh, give us an idea. How can folks uh, find you maybe on Facebook? And then also, if uh, people wanted to know more about the cookbook, where would they be able to find that? Both of those things you can find at the, you can go on Facebook and like the BTC Old Fashioned Grocery page, um, and we have all that info for you. All right. Very good. Dixie, thanks for joining us. Hopefully, we'll be able to Thank get you, you down here in Jackson in the studio sometime. Thank you all so much for having me, and I hope you all have a wonderful day and eat some catfish today. All right. Have a delicious day, girl. Thank you. Bye. Uh, when we get back, we'll be talking with the number one catfish farmer in the state of Mississippi for the year, Chris McGlawn. And if you have any catfish recipes that you'd like to share with us, give us a call. We've got some open phone lines. The number is one mpb ring Call us at 1-877-672-7464 or send an email. It's food at mpbonline.org. We'll be back with more Deep South Dining after this. and bread Tomorrow night We'll change our dish And try a little fish instead From the Capitol steps to your front door, MPB News covers the state like no one else. Our team of award-winning journalists keeps you informed on the news affecting your life. MPB News, online at mpbonline.org and on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. Even though yesterday was National Catfish Day, we're celebrating it today on Deep South Dining. And uh, next, we're going to talk to... Um, 
Chris McLaughlin from Swifttown, Mississippi. He is the Catfish Farmer of the Year for Mississippi for 2017. Uh, Chris, thanks for joining us this morning. Well, thank you for having me. No, really, thank you. I'm, like, so in love with you, right? <laughs> anybody anybody that's raising catfish in this state, I truly want to take my hats off to you. But to be able to say that you are the number one best-selling catfish grower in the state is just absolutely amazing. Well, I didn't do it all by myself. My wife was part of it. She's involved in every part of our farm, and she has, she has to give us just as much credit for it as I do. Well, we love her, too, very much. <laughs> So tell us, uh, how long have you been involved in catfish farming? I've been involved in the industry for probably close to 20 years. And uh, what I, how I got started, I did a, I do custom seining, which I go around and, you know, harvest the fish out of the pond for other farmers. Mm-hmm. And probably in 06 is when I started my own fish farm. And, you know, we're still, still going rock and steady just like we've always been. And so do you know how they determine the number one uh, catfish farmer? Is it uh, based on uh, the quality of fish you raise, the amount? What What are some of the, the factors involved there? No, it's just really, you know, I mean, it does have a lot to do with how good of a producer you are, but it's got really more of what kind of contributions you actually give back to the industry and just overall, you know, what kind of support and decisions you make in the overall part of the industry. Mm-hmm. So with raising your catfish, is there a particular way that you're feeding your fish? Uh, I mean, we have a, a certain way that we feed, but, I mean, that's kind of it's kind of everybody's normal on how they feed. Uh, you know, the way we do it, I start at 10 o'clock every morning and just I feed once a day. You know, some farmers feed twice a day. Uh, I just never really worked for me to feed twice a day. Uh, but, uh, no, not really. It's just a, you basically get on whichever side the wind's blowing and... <laughs> I had mentioned earlier that I'd visited some catfish farms many, many years ago, and I remember it being, it's, it's a very labor-intensive uh, uh, farming system, and, and, and there are a lot of things that you really have to keep close track of. I know uh, aerating the water is one, and I think also uh, you got to make sure that uh, birds and such don't, don't, don't snatch up the catfish. That's true. You know, I mean, bird deprivation is one of our biggest issues that we're fighting, and, uh, you know, we, we used to be able to get permits to to actually shoot the birds to keep them off the farm. Now that's kind of they got pretty restrictive. We're kind of limited on what we can do other than just running by on a in a truck to scare them off the pond. That's all we can really do now. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, that's one of the biggest issues. And I mean, checking oxygen. That's if it wasn't for you know, that's that's your biggest issue with catfish is trying to keep them alive throughout the night. And also, I think I guess it's helpful that kind of the whole. Uh, step by step, the process. The, the all Mississippi-based companies. I think maybe the the catfish feed places, and then it's all here in Mississippi as as you move along the production chain. I guess. Uh, pretty much. I mean, there is some some feed mills in other states, but uh, pretty much the the two biggest are here in Mississippi: uh, Fish Belt Feed and Delta Western. So, can you tell us where does most of your catfish end up in the state or around the country? I cannot. Uh, I sell the majority of my fish, probably 90% of them, to Heartland Catfish. And once that fish leaves my farm, I really don't have, you know, it's, they have, I don't even have any idea how many sales they have. But, I mean, it's, it's really no way, I, I don't really know where my fish goes after that. I mean, they go anywhere from Cisco to Walmart to Cracker Barrel or you know, I mean, once once Hartman buys the fish from me, you know, it's, it's really their product. But it could end up, as you say, either in a restaurant or in a grocery store. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's only two places that we'll go. Okay. Um, so you breed a hybrid uh, type of catfish. Uh, tell us what that means and, and tell us a little bit about that, if you could. Well, that, that's a cross between a channel catfish and a blue catfish. Uh, they basically just, you know, pull the eggs out and make them in a petri dish in the, in the hatchery. And uh, what that fish has actually kind of helped our industry is, you know, the fish grows a, a little faster than just a standard channel cat. Uh, some more aggressive eating fish, and it's just it's a little different. It's just a real, it's kind of a finesse is the way I say it. I mean, it's a little different raising a hybrid than it is a channel cat, uh, but they, they really they grow off a lot faster for us. We're able, you know, to, to turn the product around faster and get it grown to a size that the processors want. So we can get that fish to the plant and on the market faster. 
Is there an average amount of catfish that your farm is raising every year? We do. Our goal is to shoot for 2 million pounds a year. Wow. Uh, <laughs> you know, we're probably on our worst year. We're 175, but, uh, you know, we, we, we have actually hit 2 million pounds before. I think a half of that million was at my house last year. <laughs> Catfish just happens to be one of the favorite staples, you know, in our family. You know, and there are many, many different types of fish to choose. But as we were saying earlier, Mississippi catfish is the best in the world. Well, it is. I mean, you know, we have strict policies. I mean, every processor does a really good job on quality control, you know, making sure that we don't have a, an all-flavor fish hit the market. You know, I can say that our industry probably is top standards on that. So you mentioned the hatchery. So I guess, am I correct in assuming that, that you get them when they're, I think, the, when the little catfish are called fingerlings, I think? That's correct. I buy oh, my, look at you, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. I buy mine from another farmer, and I try to buy them around seven inches. Okay. And then how long, you mentioned that this hybrid grows quicker. How long does it take for the for the catfish to grow into full size where you can harvest them? When I buy them at seven inches, I buy them, you know, and I put them in my water anywhere from January to March. I'll say this year is when I stopped my farm this year. And I will start selling these fish in sometime in October. Okay. So does the size of the fish have any effect on the flavor or the texture of the fish itself? It it does. Uh, you know, once you get kind of like above a three-and-a-half to a four-pound fish, you know, that's where... The texture is not the same. I mean, it, you can get into some all-flavor issues. You know, really, our our industry, you know, kind of the the perfect size is going to run from about a pound in 1.3 to probably a 2.75. That if you could send fish up in that range all day long, every day, it, the processor would love you. You know, you don't want to send every one of your fish be exactly a pound and a half because they have different lines at the processing plant to run different size fish. So you kind of need to have a little bit different size in your, in your fish. But, you know, I try to average a pound and a half, you know, on my sheet when I come back from the processors. Now, what I do know is that uh, there really is a difference in the taste when there is a farm-raised catfish opposed to going to the pond in your community and catching the fish. The taste is, is different. I, the pond catfish can be a little bit more muddier in texture and taste where you seem to get a more clean fresh taste from uh farm-raised catfish well that that comes from our feed mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you go to a pond or a lake or anything a catfish is kind of a bottom dweller uh now you know of course we feed a grain fed you know corn and soy meal and it's a floating feed so i mean they're really they're eating just really high protein feed so that's why we have a you know we keep really good check on our water and everything and you know we have a good quality product when we get done with it we're visiting with chris mcglon he and his wife were named the number one catfish farmer for the state of mississippi in 2017 by the catfish farmers of america so uh, chris uh, mentioned you're from swift town uh, tell us where that is it's about 10 miles north of Bellzona on highway 7 okay and that's really the kind of the, the, the epicenter for catfish production. I know Belzona uh, titles itself the catfish capital of the world. So a lot of catfish production going on in that part of Mississippi. It is. You know, and all the big three processors are all within 20 miles of me. So, I mean, this is kind of, kind of the heart and the center of it. All right. So we talked a lot about, uh, uh, you know, producing catfish, but uh, this is a food show. So talk a little bit about eating <laughs> catfish. What are, what are your summer, some of your favorite ways to prepare catfish? Well, of course, you never can go wrong with fried catfish. But exactly. Amen. <laughs> my all-time favorite is it, called a giant Grissom catfish. Uh-huh. It's kind of a pan-seared catfish, then it's topped with an Alfredo sauce on an uh, angel hair pasta. Oh, wow. That does sound good. Yeah, that sounds really yummy. And that's that's what we were saying, Kevin, earlier. The wonderful thing about catfish is it is very, very versatile. I mean, can you imagine pan-seared catfish with an Alfredo sauce on it? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It can be cooked any way you want it. You know, it's just a real versatile product. And again, we mentioned, uh, so if folks are in the grocery store, uh, the, the Mississippi-raised catfish have a, a, a sticker right there on, on the package, and that's what they need to look for to get the really the good stuff. Is that right? U.S. farm-raised catfish, 100% American. 
All right. If it does not have that label on it, do not buy it. That's right. But pass that along and, and wait. Get the good stuff because, as we said, it, it really does make a difference, and the, and the flavor is, is so good. Chris, thanks for taking uh, some time out of your day and helping us out, and congratulations to you and your wife uh, for your successful business. Congratulations. It was a pleasure. All right. Uh, we're going to take a break. When we get back, we'll continue talking catfish. We've got some open phone lines, so we're looking for your favorite catfish recipes. You can give us a call. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one 672 You can email the show food at mpbonline.org. You're listening to Deep South Dining from MPB Think Radio. Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. I'm Kevin Farrell, here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. Yesterday was National Catfish Day, so today on the program, we've been celebrating catfish, one of Mississippi's uh, best exports uh, to the rest of the country and the world. Uh, Mississippi is the place to get the very best farm-raised fresh catfish. Uh, We've got some open phone lines, so if you have a favorite recipe, uh, a catfish recipe that you'd like to share with us, or maybe a favorite place that you go to eat some catfish, give us a call. The number is 1-877-MP. Ring. It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can always email the show food at mpbonline.org. Uh, you know, I think Deborah, the other thing that's kind of uh, good about uh, catfish, you can do a fillet, but and or you can do what you did today, uh, some nuggets uh, and that kind of thing. So it really, in terms of the different ways to prepare it, it's 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 it certainly is a versatile food to try to cook. Absolutely, Kevin. And not only can you fillet it or do your nuggets, but you can also have whole catfish, which is really one of my favorite ways of having it with the bones still in. It's just a really yummy bite to have. Uh, but, you you know, catfish, again, is one of the most versatile fishes uh, that you can buy. And, and then in process of cooking it, Kevin, I wanted to talk a little bit about the oils that you use to cooking it. Uh, grapeseed oil is a wonderful oil to use. Of course, it's really expensive to use, but the next choice for me would be a little bit of peanut oil or granola. And the reason I like those varieties is because they hold the heat well. You don't want to cook your fish in something that's going to smoke really fast, like an olive oil. So when choosing to get that great flavor in a catfish, you want to really look at using something that's going to be a great heat conductor and um, grapeseed is really amazing. But peanut oil probably is the most popular. And then you go to your granola. And then, you know, on the last of my list would be a vegetable oil to use. Uh, you mentioned uh, the the bones there, and I'll share a story that uh, one of the first times I had catfish, it was a, a whole one, and I didn't realize the, the little tiny bone structure that catfish had. So I, like, bit into it, and I was like, uh so I was pulling tiny little catfish bones out of my mouth for, oh, I don't know, 10 minutes, I guess. So uh, I learned <laughs> learned quickly that you want to get rid of the bones first so you can enjoy that, that uh, wonderful meat. So now, are you sure it was uh, catfish or maybe something more like a pan trout? Because catfish do have t- those tiny little bones that are coming from the back, Kevin, but... Uh, other fish like pan trout or buffalo tend to have those really spiny, spiny little bones that are coming. Now these weren't these weren't spiny. They were, but they were catfish. But yeah, yeah so it you was, just took a nice big bite. <laughs> <laughs> so you you learn the hard way sometimes. Speaking of learning the hard way, I have not heard from our friend Frank uh, lately. So Frank, if you're listening, we miss you here. And our friend James in Gulfport, if you're listening, we say hi to you as well today. All right, we've got some callers on the line. Let's start uh, in uh, Columbia. Terry has called in today. Good morning. Good morning, Terry. Hey, Terry. Good morning. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Fantastic. Doing what do you have for us today? Awesome. Like the way you're talking about that good old catfish. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> yes, sir. I, I uh, my wife and I, we live here in Columbia, Mississippi, home of Walter Payton. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we we cook catfish and collard greens every Thursday at the church. We do it. Oh wow! Sort of like a ministry uh, fundraising event, and uh, we have anywhere from sixty to seventy people weekly come by and and test that catfish and collard greens, and everybody claim it's the best that they have eaten. All right. Well, that's a good way to get me to come to church on Thursday night. <laughs> uh, no doubt. But uh, I usually fry the fish, and my wife cooks the collard greens, and uh, I use uh, special, I say special, but it's actually actually a Zatarin uh, cornmeal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and lemon pepper, but mm. I had my own seasoning in it. Add a little Greek Cavendiers, Cavendiers season, uh, and some more lemon pepper, and I guarantee you, it's, it's got a real good taste to it. All right. Oh, that sounds like yummy. That does sound good, Frank. That's a, a real good season blend there for it. So it sounds like a real tasty fish. Thanks for uh, giving us a call this morning. Uh, let's move on. Next, we've got uh, John in Swan Lake is on the line. Good morning, John. Hey. hey, John, how are you? I'm good. I, I do some commercial fishing in the winter, and we catch some of the blue cats that they're mixing with the uh, channel cat. And so I, I catch a lot just off the bank here in front of the house, too, out of Tallahatchie River. And I came up with an easy recipe because I have so much. And it's uh, you take good quality mayonnaise like a Duke's or Hellman's and mix a little bit of Worcestershire and soy sauce and maybe some garlic powder and white pepper in that and spread it on the catfish and then put panko breadcrumbs all over it mm. and bake it 375 for 20 minutes and it's delicious oh that oh, wow. sounds fantastic so john tell us what's the biggest fish you've pulled out of that lake 34 inch i mean four pound uh yellow cat with these one i call them rod and reel here at the house but we call a 95 pound blue cat uh down by greenwood out of the river oh wow wow yeah he was kind of scary we had caught an 85 pounder and a 78 pounder earlier that day and we were about Yeah, because the mouth on those things are so huge, and they're very aggressive fish trying to pull them out of the water. They're some serious fighters, Kevin. You're not just going (laughs) to grab a 95-pound fish out of the water. That's amazing. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. All right. John, thanks for the call. That sounded really good with the the mayonnaise and then the panko breading on there. That sounded like a very delicious way to, uh, to bake up some catfish. Uh, Absolutely. And then, you know, if you're going to do pond fishing, Kevin, one of the ways to get rid of that muddy taste sometimes that you might have is just simply take some buttermilk, Kevin, and baste it, your fish really good. You know, just take those, uh, whether you're filleting it or using it whole once you cleaned it really well, and just take your buttermilk and soak your catfish for an hour. Or you can soak it overnight if you're going to cook it the next day. And it really adds, not only does it take away the muddiness, but it'll also add a really nice flavor to your fish. We've talked about how versatile cooking catfish is, so we've got some open phone lines and a little bit of time left in the show. So if you have a, a special recipe that you'd be willing to share with us, give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring our phone number is one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can email the show food at mpbonline.org. Now, before we, I, I don't think we can get through the entire show without mentioning, and I can't remember. I think it's called, I can't remember what it's called, but the the when you fish for it, where you reach in and grab one with your hand. Is well, it you go muddy? hillbilly hand fishing. Hill, hill, <laughs> <laughs> hillbilly hand fishing. All right, John, I like that. Oh, yeah, Kevin. I'm not brave enough to do that. I've seen some girls doing that before, and, you know, of course, guys doing it all the time, but it's it's really sticking your hand in the water and using your hand for the bait to catch a fish. I am so not that brave. And I, <laughs> and I really like to say that I'm a good old country girl, but that was that's one I haven't tried yet. Java, have you tried it? No, I'm not. I'm, I, I like my fish already for laying <laughs> <That's right. laughs> okay. on the plate. That's the way Job and I like it. <laughs> so I'll tell you a funny story. So my, my father mentors quite a few people. So there's a young man that had never been fishing before. And so my dad says, well, I'm going to take you fishing. And they end up in front of this fish market. And when you get there, there are all these live fish. And the guy says to my dad, well, how do we go fishing? And my dad pulls out a 20. He says, that's the best way to do it. <laughs> but I still like being able to go, you know, with the old-fashioned uh, pole, Kevin, and put a little cricket on my pole and go down by the water and stand there. <laughs> Fishing is really a very, very wonderful way to spend your day. If you've never done it before and, you know, you want, you're talking about relaxing, it is one of the most relaxing things I've ever done. 
Okay, so we're in the grocery store, and you're at the catfish section, and you find some uh, Mississippi farm-raised catfish. You see the label on there. What What are you looking for to get to make sure you're getting a good piece of fish? What you want to see is a nice, beautiful, glistening color on that fish. You don't want the fish to be gray and murky looking. You want a nice, bright color on that fish, Kevin. And then you also want to give it a sniff test. If you can smell it because it shouldn't be fishy, then you don't want to buy that fish. And I think that's one of the things that makes a catfish so versatile it is a, one of the milder tasting fish and that's why i think it lends itself uh, so well to all these different ways of preparing it absolutely we've got time for one last call and we invite uh, whitney from jackson into the program good morning whitney hey whitney Hi. i'm not from jackson i'm actually from louisiana i'm uh, just here visiting okay but uh i wanted to tell you what we do uh what a restaurant in uh, louisiana does is they stuff the catfish with uh crab stuffing Oh, wrap wow. the catfish around it. They wrap the catfish around it, actually. They deep fry it, and then on top they put crawfish in to say it is to die for. Oh, oh boy. wow. <laughs> I, look, I got goosebumps. You can't see me. This is so crazy. Okay. Literally, my taste buds are... If you ever go to Louisiana, you go to a little town called Abbeville. Okay. Dupuy's Restaurant. D-U-P-U-Y-S, oh. and it is... Eleven dollars, and it's only served on Fridays at noon. <laughs> wow! You cannot beat the price. That thing in New Orleans would be like fifty bucks. <laughs> that sounds great. Hey, Whitney, <laughs> thanks for calling in. That's yeah, a, that was a good recipe there to call. end the uh, I still the show. got goosebumps. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, Got uh, only about uh, 45 seconds left to go. Uh, and then I think when the when the finished catfish, again, it would be a nice kind of a whitish color. What are some things to look for to make sure you've got your... Well, n- normally, you know, Kevin, the test is, you know, the firmness of the catfish. And you, again, you want to look for those nice little flaky, because the catfish will open up. It's really flaky. You don't want the pieces still, you know, stiff and together. And if you're not sure, just take your fork and just give it a little bend. And if it, they should just, the pieces just fall apart. Our catfish is one of those fishes that just literally melts in your mouth. And that's really what you're looking for is to make sure you got those beautiful, white, flaky pieces of fish. And another testament to your fish today. I know I, during one of the breaks I went out there, it's cooled off a little bit, so it's, it's kind of room temperature. It's still absolutely delicious. Thank you so much. Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio, funded by generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show is produced by Java Chapman, and our call screener is Patrick Price. For Deborah Hunter, I'm Kevin Farrell, inviting you to stay tuned. Now, you're talking with Marshall Ramsey is up next, and that's followed by Southern Remedy at 11. We'll be back next Monday at 9 for another Deep South Dining. It's heard only on MPB Think Radio.